So hello and welcome to the New Gig Podcast. I'm your host, Glenn Hodgson, and today I'm delighted to be joined by the founder of Freelance Business, Alina Utilita. How are you, Alina? Uh, hi, Glenn. I'm very good. Thanks a lot. Very good indeed. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, thanks. So, Alina, please give us a little bit of more um, background um, about yourself and your journey, but also a bit more about the um uh, the, the vision and purpose of um freelance business but also the very important month that we've got coming up here now in uh, uh, October yeah well you know all life for the last 20 something years all that i was doing is making sure people meet and talk <laughs> <laughs> so i was actually producing that all my life and this is what i do uh, as my core business uh, as a freelancer yeah. Uh, helping customers to construct the events. And eventually when I became independent, and I always wanted to run my own business, um, when I became independent, I realized actually that I know nothing about how to do business, um, how to find customers, you know, um, you know, what sort of things I need to do about marketing myself and stuff like that. And yeah. of course, naturally, this first idea was to organize an event uh, so that I can meet with fellow professionals and, and kind of pick on their ideas and learn from them. And so uh, this is how the first freelance business event was organized locally here in Brussels yes. about five or six years ago. Um, and since then, the community started to grow. And actually, I've never envisioned that it will become something like this, uh, like it is now. Yeah. Now it's a global community, a global independent community, as we call it. Mm. Um, I, I did have um, a, a vision of uh, reaching out globally because I was running uh, business globally. My clients were outside of Belgium. Uh, other people that I worked with also were outside of Belgium. So I kind of felt very narrowed and restricted being just the local community. Mm. So I wanted all this to, to grow. And, and thanks to pandemic, this happened. Uh, and during pandemic, actually, we launched Freelance Business Month. Because yeah. it felt naturally for me to not only talk about freelance business, actually, but also other players into that event, those who are hiring freelancers, those who are setting policies around our work, yeah. those who are advocating for freelancers worldwide. And actually now, four years later, I'm so excited that, you know, I have a chance to talk to you or, <laughs> you know, anyone else who is helping freelance economy uh, to prosper. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. And just tell us a little bit about the the growth, because as you say, it's gone from uh, being a, uh, a more national, regional event to something that really takes on uh, so many different groups, but also so many individual topics that you're covering as well within this. Yeah, well, um, we now have around 60 countries represented and we're still counting. I really wanted to open doors to anyone who wants to learn. And education is actually our main mission. Um, yeah. I have not seen any other organization specifically focusing on producing an event so that, you know, all these players of the industry can connect. Uh, mm. So we are specialists in it. The 60 countries, 3,000 people have already passed through our platform. So these are the people who, you know, got connected somehow with yeah. someone else or learned something new uh, with our help. Uh, a part of uh, Freelance Business Month, we run masterclasses and there we had 700 people already participating. So yeah. numbers may be not as huge as you can pick any other platform who is, you know, doing marketing. But I think it's still significant because we grow organically. It's a yeah. personal touch every single time. 
like mm-hmm. we know not for thousands and thousands years of dollars to digital marketing and advertisement people and us by just you know talking to someone or uh, making uh maybe google requests sometimes to pop up on first places yeah. um and what we talk about is um uh, well actually different things and surprisingly uh, i would think oh i have to construct another program what sort of topics need to put there mm-hmm. uh, but actually it's not a problem because people come and say and first of all they submit the speaker proposals so we yeah. always know what they want to discuss Secondly, uh, there's always something new that pops up, uh, certain mm-hmm. updates that we need to feature or certain techniques or platforms even. Yeah. Um, so it comes everything from starting and running your freelance business for those who just thinking to switch maybe from corporate to uh, independent. Mm-hmm. Um, those who already established and been in the business for several years, we have specific program for that. We have specific program uh, featuring freelancing as future of work so I know future work is a very trending term. Yes. I'm battling certain notions around that. So I'm putting <laughs> freelancing as future work in there, um, where we'll see cases from uh, uh, enterprises using freelancers. We'll talk about issues that are popping up now to ensure future freelance. And we have very specific week, actually, where we'll talk about something around the world and the rights and protection that freelancers and needing uh, right now because there are lots of things moving, uh, lots of initiatives. Um, but I just want to make sure that we can um, introduce that to freelancers so that they are aware as well uh, mm. of what's happening. Yeah, I think it's really important this education angle that you're speaking about, Elena, because it's it's not simple. There's a lot of things uh, changing very quickly, both from a sort of policy regulation side. But also hints and tips about how uh, how to start. Um, these things are always very very complicated from the beginning. It's that element of you know where do you put the sort of the small steps in place to be able to build something up and the, uh, uh, the sharing of knowledge and expertise from people who've done it, uh, who who can say what to do, but also what to avoid, which is equally important, seems to be one of the real strengths of this as well. Yeah, absolutely. And surprisingly, we have people coming, well, especially those who are reaching out to me on LinkedIn. They've been in the corporate world for a long time mm. and they still have questions like, oh, you know, how do I start? Because I to lose that comfort zone and go into something unknown. And yeah. this is how attending the event and actually listening and hearing others to uh, share their journeys helps a lot. Yeah. Um, so that can avoid the the maybe bad moves that we could have made. <laughs> Exactly. And sort of, can you say a little bit about what are the drivers for the uh, development of this sort of open global talent? Because we're definitely seeing more and more people who are either thinking about this, leaving the corporate world, trying to be or want to be a freelancer, or or, or else people who are thinking about it and want to do it in the in the very near future. What's the what's the reason for this, would you say, Alina, at the moment? And, you know, I probably first have to pick on your words, like open talent for freelancers is going to be like, what? <laughs> what exactly is open there? Yes. Uh, this is, I think, I'll get to that, to, to your question, but I think that is also a, a little issue that to be discussed is a terminology, right? Everyone yes. is using definitions for freelancers. But talking about freelancers and what drives them uh, or people um, to become freelancers is... Um, and also we have interviewed freelancers who became freelancers. <laughs> what was the biggest benefit for them? And 100% said freedom and flexibility. Yep. 
Yeah. Um, and judging by my own experience, um, you know, driving to the office for four years from one side of country to another, right. spending four hours on the road, arriving to the office, having the mega stressful job of organizing events, mm. then being uh, almost harassed by hours that I'm late and, you know, I cannot make to the meeting. Right. And then being punished for something that is not even related to my work when I was servicing many clients. Yeah. I 100% realized that why should I do that when I can do the same yeah. in the comfort of my home office, yes. uh, servicing clients, being paid more and, you know, having the life that I want. Um, yeah. And I think this is the main driver uh, for people. Mm. They realize, especially after pandemic, that being in the office is not necessary yeah. Working for one company yeah. for like 10, 15 years is not necessary. Uh, you actually better quit and skilled if you change, uh, you know, customers and uh, gain different experiences from different companies. Yes. Um, I, I think this is the main uh, driver. Uh, also, I think more um, favorable conditions within the countries that allow mm. us for that is uh, obviously a, a big, big benefit and, 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 and stimul to... Uh, for people to change um, the status, mm. I would mention this. Yeah, I think I think that's it as well. The fact that you know you can be as productive as possible, probably more so, but also you by doing projects, working for different uh, individuals, companies, organizations, you actually build more skills more quickly. Which of course you can sell on to other uh, partners and clients as well. And I think this is a a strong element within that sort of personal development which goes much quicker uh in the freelance world than it does in the sort of traditional nine to five corporate world i think people are sort of starting to realize that but also that this kind of uh fallacy that the uh that that, that a full-time job is somehow more secure i think is actually being deconstructed and actually it's almost the opposite by having a portfolio of clients you're more stable and more secure than you would be just working for one organization, especially given the sort of the current market uh, market trends where there's a lot of layoffs and a lot of uh, a very sudden change. Absolutely. And I was just, you know, laughing the other day thinking, um, I remember passing through interviews uh, with yeah. recruiters uh, for, for a job. And then um, the question was, um, it seems that in this period of time, you were changing jobs so quickly. What happened? Like, you know, like three, five months. But now as a freelancer, nobody's telling me that I was changing yeah. jobs so quickly. <laughs> I worked three months for one customer, then five months for another. And that's totally fine. Yes. And it's actually a big benefit for me because then I get experience and knowledge from so many mm. companies and people I worked with. It's just yeah. such a strange uh, situation. And it seems to be more and more attractive for companies and organizations as well to actually uh, bring on board freelancers uh, as well within their within their work. They see the benefits of uh, bringing people in to do specific work, specific projects uh, within within a time frame. Um, this seems to be just becoming, as opposed to something a little bit uh, niche, it's becoming more and more uh, normal for uh, organizations to do that. Yeah, that's true. And I would wish more organizations would realize that there are still, specifically if we like look at the Belgium and I had interview with a local company here, yeah. um, uh, big prices with bigger names, they've realized the added value. Mm. Smaller businesses, they're still very um, um, 
how do you say, um, conservative, right? They right. think freelancers is a threat. Actually, they come, mm. they steal and go, <laughs> like not seeing any <laughs> any benefit out of it. So there's still more education really? to be done. And that's why actually the part of Freelance Business Month is about that. So that yeah. more companies open doors for freelancers and treat them um, respectfully. Yeah. <laughs> not as someone just, you know, doing some simple task, but uh, comes there with expertise and they can deliver a very high quality product. Yeah. So uh, I would love to see that more and more. And I think this is a great point you raised there, Alina, because we see it time and time again that there's almost this hierarchy within companies and organizations whereby you've got the full-time employees, you have consultants and freelancers, and they're only given sort of 40, 50% knowledge. They're kept deliberately outside of either certain meetings, they're not given all the information they that, that they need. And of course, that this means that the freelancer sometimes can't deliver uh, to the maximum uh, of their ability. And also the, the, the organization loses as well, because they're not uh, being able to harness the full potential, the full value from the, uh, the, the, the talent that they're bringing on for the project. So it's kind of a mindset issue, which still needs to be worked on, it seems. Yeah, absolutely. We I've been in that situation as an external consultant. I was not invited to me too. Whatever arrangement <laughs> I had for teams, uh, yeah. and then you do feel a little bit uh, as an outsider, and they're not fully into business actually. Because I think freelancers can be as or even more loyal to the company than uh, employees, uh, yes. and they actually the funny thing can promote your company more than yeah. your uh, your own employees. Yeah, uh, because we're so much connected. We work with uh, different clients and, you know, maybe represented by different groups. So uh, that's uh, definitely something that uh, the leaders of those companies need to uh, realize and make the change. Yeah. And what's your sort of feelings about where we're going? Just because you've got such a, a very good helicopter view, a really a global view on what's happening, Alina. What is the future of work and where we're, where, where we're kind of heading with this? What are the what are the trends that are coming up now uh, and also in the near future, would you say? Oh, interesting. I wanted to ask that question to you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, uh, it, this is this is why I actually construct the program the way it is so I can learn myself. Uh, yes. What I see is, like you mentioned yourself, um, I notice a little bit of a slowdown of uh, freelance economy it just by my personal feeling and reading reports and hearing people talking. Perhaps this is um, has to do with the fact that you know COVID is over and not yeah. you know we're not going crazy about that anymore. Um, and I, I hear and see that companies are reverting back to bringing people to the office, which obviously affects the the remote work. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, it's slowly growing. Why? Because connectivity becomes better. Uh, if we look like in a uh, on a world um, uh, landscape, uh, more and more countries become more connected. Uh, the freelance revolution is penetrating those regions that were not um, open to that. And I'm talking right now about countries like uh, Uzbekistan, uh, Georgia, um, right. uh, and you know that region who just exploring the benefit of freelance the economy. Um, but I think also um, uh, when we talk about economy as such, we talk about the platform economy. Yeah. <laughs> and this, this is also what I hear and see from reports, uh, which is not actually taking into account the knowledge workers like ourselves, for example, right? Exactly. I'm pretty sure you're not on the platform. I'm not on the platform, but we're still freelancing. 
Yeah. And I yeah. know many people who do that. They act as a business entity, in fact, even they being solo. Uh, so in the future, what I would like to see is that our category of freelancers has got uh, a place, a voice, and the recognition uh, into this global economy. So it's not only platform workers uh, that yes. are represented right now in uh, policymaking institutions as well, but also the solo businesses like myself and yourself would have an access to uh, the policymaking um, uh, discussions, decisions, and actually can share our voice. Um, so yeah. this is the future I would love to see. That is very strong because no one's asking us, no one's listening. Well, uh, not really as much as they should. I think there's, again, the education piece to really understand uh, the, the the growth of um, solo entrepreneurs or sort of businesses with uh, uh, less than five people behind it, sort of freelancers as well. This is a massive growth in this area as well. And to understand the needs and wants of these people and to think of the future of work as just ride hailing and food delivery is just so, so limited. Uh, it, it, it exists, of course, but it's a tiny fraction of the uh, of the overall uh, um, you know, freelancing future of work movement, which we're seeing at the moment. This is something that I think we need to be uh, very strong on highlighting because the the knowledge worker category is something that is really, really uh, growing, particularly because we see that the uh, that the shortage of workers in specific sectors, particularly technology, uh, um, uh, knowledge workers, which are cannot be found, and a lot of these people now do not want to be um, uh, uh, full-time nine-to-five contracts with one employer. They want to be able to do projects in different areas and to be able to have that freedom and flexibility that you talked about before, Lena. And, you know, to secure the talent that's needed, uh, it's going to be the the organizations, the companies will need to adapt to be able to bring in what they need. Yeah, absolutely. And just to mention the funny fact, um, here in Belgium, um, freelancers are categorized in all the statistics and reports uh, together with fishermen and farmers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing against fishermen and farmers, which is fantastic. They're doing a great job, but we just yes. do different work. <laughs> so yeah. you cannot compare and um, until we are just being separate from and recognized as a separate specific uh, uh, category of, uh, of workers that's yeah. just going to be difficult to talk about uh, the value that we bring to the economy. Yeah. And how easy is it in, in Belgium to be able to start a company or be a freelancer uh, in terms of a sort of a, a legal uh, perspective, also setting up a bank account and these kind of registering yourself with the tax authorities? Is this a easy process or is it uh, uh, takes time and effort? It's a very easy process. It's you can in a day almost, wow. um, but I'm going to share unpopular opinion um, um registering as a freelancer in belgium is a scam <laughs> just okay. i can say it from my experience Why? okay because uh, because you better uh start a company <laughs> okay just being through the pain for the last five years i can tell that if you aiming at earning uh a normal amount of money you know yeah. to support living register yeah. company because registering as a freelancer you're taxed at 55 percent <laughs> and this will hit you two years later. Yeah. So imagine if you make a good living and you have not so good accountant who cannot actually project uh, how much expenses you will be having in coming two, three years, then you are 
you are <laughs> you're in big trouble <laughs> you are in Probably big trouble right. yeah, yeah i remember the yeah. uh, the belgian tax uh income tax is uh nothing to uh, uh to, to to laugh about it's very very high anyway so that's uh that's difficult especially if it comes later as well to know what you've got and how much to be able to spend is very very uh difficult in these uh mm. in in these spaces but it's great that you you've got sort of the uh, freelancer month and of course the uh, the european focus within this as well to be able to share knowledge and expertise within the uh, within the sector and help the freelancers themselves to make the right choices and educate themselves too yeah well uh <laughs> kind of feel bad what I, about what I've said, but that's that's the reality. And this is the type of things that I'd love to see changing and somehow being able to influence the, the taxation rate at some point because it's really, really dramatic. Um, and yeah. I just don't feel like comparing with other countries, for example, the ones I mentioned where freelancers paying 1% or 6% from their uh, from the earnings, having little yeah. or to nothing administration. So they don't need to waste their time doing all that. Comparing yeah. to how much time I spend doing accounting here, for example, it just, you know, just doesn't really, you know, fit in my head. Why as a solo business with one person, I have to operate like a huge company, yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. uh, so somehow yes. it's just not, you know, I, I understand the purpose of um, paying high tax and the benefits that we get here, but still it just doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely not fully agree with that. So, Tell everyone about where they can get more information uh, uh, about the month and to be able to sign up and take part, Alina. Uh, very easy, freelancebusiness.com and you'll get everything you need there. Um, you know, come and join us, um, listen to the sessions, meet the speakers and attendees. Uh, you'll definitely love it, I'm sure. Excellent. Well, I'll put all the links in the description to this episode as well and really look forward to it and please be able to come back and update us on the latest trends changes and movements within this sector alina but for now thank you very much indeed for your time always a pleasure thanks a lot for inviting me